welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, a part of the incomparable family of podcasts. I'm Trishy M. I'm Jess Vieter. I'm Brianna Toiber. I'm Alan Yu. And today we are discussing the uh, premiere of season four of Supergirl, American Alien. And David Schaub is here with the recap from National City. Ex-Cadmus, Mercy, and Otis Graves mutilate an alien while stealing an EMP. Otis shoots the president, and a frame of video outs the president as an alien. Their boss identifies with Liberty while murdering one of John's friends. John sees growing anti-alien sentiment in America. Hey, nobody said the show was subtle. Kara says things are great, but John tells her to check her privilege. Kara finds the internet in an abandoned warehouse, and it's horrible. The DA is after James. Lena's playing chess with Lillian, but is actually playing her for leverage. She checkmates Lillian and secretly gets the DA off James' back. Cat Grant sends a reporter for Kara to mentor. Nia Nal is season one Kara, so Kara has some work to do. Brainy is getting on Alex's nerves because he isn't win. They eventually figure this out. Oh, and Red Supergirl is punching a tunnel under Kasny. Okay, so, um, this was, uh... Another episode that uh, is not afraid to give a message along with the action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it did a good job of giving that message. I'm like, there are some times where it hasn't worked out as well, but I feel like it did a good job this time. This wasn't the Arrow gun control episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, so no. Bad. <laughs> Kara does not magically solve racism. <laughs> no. no although if she finds a way to solve racism can we just all copy her that would be great, <laughs> that, would be great. I, that would be great I do worry that that will be a problem if this season uh, like clearly they're doubling down on the political messaging which I think is great mm-hmm. but if they don't stick the landing it's going to be awkward and painful yeah. right yeah I don't know maybe they won't feel compelled to stick a landing you know they didn't try to solve racism or fear of the other last season so um maybe they won't feel compelled but uh i think they they can certainly keep addressing certain aspects of it for instance kara's denial that there was a problem and she definitely had her white her sorry her uh rose tinted glasses yes <laughs> right she had her privilege checked i thought that was pretty valuable in the way that it was portrayed, you know, she was, uh, Jean Jones was, uh, of course, very upset about how his friend from the, um, alien therapy group or what a support group, um, uh, his friend was attacked and he was saying, you know, it was because, you know, of, Racial of prejudice. that. Right. It was a hate crime. Right, and she was just, oh no, they just needed his tusk to do the biometric entry into the lab. Which, you know, they were holding him. They could have just, you know, maneuvered his arm and stuck it into the biometric. They didn't have to cut off his uh, tusks, as they were called. The, the second in the beginning that Kara said, like, I have everything under control, my first thought was, that is asking for something bad to happen. <laughs> Yeah. You never say that. Never. Not on a TV right. show, anyway. <laughs> or maybe. Uh, of course, uh, when Kara stumbles into the computer lab, uh, or 
whatever, the abandoned warehouse with all the computers in it and sees all the screens with all the hate messages on it, then she realizes it really is a big problem and not just a few isolated people, uh, after all. And, um, she continues to be overwhelmed by it, um... She gives a pep talk later to the new assistant, which we'll discuss in a minute, about facing your fears, but I don't feel like she's really completely faced her fears yet. That is a lot of darkness that she's having to face right there. A lot of anger and hate that's hard to understand from the outside. Right, it absolutely is in, you know, in real life as well as show life. But now she realizes that she has to try instead of just saying that everything is great and ignoring the problem. Yeah, and something I thought of was that not only is she facing all of this, you know, overwhelming hatred, uh, you know, from people, from the very people that she's spent her life trying to help, but it's, it's she's staring, staring in the face proof that all of her hard work is not working. That all of the good she's putting out into the world is not actually helping anything. Not on a big scale. Because right. people are still afraid and they still don't fully understand. So their fear is making them lash out in anger and hate. Mm-hmm. Also, people suck sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kara was saying in the early denial stage that, you know, all you have to do is be really good at your job, her being a hero, and the uh, bigotry against you will fall away. And, of course, sadly, that is not true, but uh, by the end of the episode, she realizes she'll have to do something else, something different, besides just being a savior, as valuable as that is. Yes. Yeah. And I also appreciated that uh, Jean Jones, you know, pointed out her passing privilege, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I just think that that's a um, that's something that people really don't seem to understand in the real world. So it's very nice to have it right. pointed out in this television show with their usual uh, mm-hmm. subtle plot mechanisms. <laughs> also, can I just say, not only do I love how John Jean's helping with an alien support group. I love that Lena made the technology that's helped make it easier for some aliens to pass as human. Right, the image inducer that uh, that uh, Lena is now making lots of money off of, or L Corp is, despite the fact that, you know, when she first came on the show, she was very worried about the aliens. Um, so it's interesting to see that now. I guess she's... I wouldn't say she's entirely easy with the concept of aliens, but I guess she figures they're there. She may as well make a buck off them. Sure, and I'm sure she's been tempered a bit with her, you know, from her relationship with Sky. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right, and with Supergirl, for that matter. Although there is some tension there. Yeah, still don't <laughs> think she likes Supergirl. Well, that's much. true. That's true. Yeah. There's also. Things she's overcoming in her relationship with her mother. Just seeing them, like, interact in such a friendly way was interesting. But at the end, I realized I think both sides were playing each other. So this could be an interesting sort of arc with them both sort of playing each other to get whatever it is they want. Because we still don't know what Lillian wants. 
I think you're right. I mean, it's obvious that Lillian is trying to manipulate Lena because that's what she does. Um, but Lena is also using her presence and, you know, semi-cordiality to get information out of Lillian. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting to see those prison chess games and the discussions that go on. One thing I really like about their dynamic is that at the very end of the episode, when, when Lillian realizes that Lena manipulated her, she, she you know, uh, flicks over her uh, king and smiles. And I think that's actually kind of a nice touch because I think uh, Lillian is very happy to see that Lena has become just as manipulative and just as good as manipulating people as she is. And she's kind of very, uh, in a strange way kind of proud to see Lena using the same kind of mental mind games that Lillian enjoys using on other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would also be willing to bet money that Lillian was quickly able to figure out exactly what Lena wanted that information for. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't know if she knows about her and James, but I wouldn't be surprised if she has an entire spy network or something. (laughs) I mean, it's Lillian. I just really enjoyed Lillian's smile as she tipped over her own king um, on the chessboard. You know, it was like, that's my girl. I've raised her to be just like me. <laughs> yeah, I liked that. Even though it's a little it's a little on the nose, I felt that it had a nice, I don't know, a nice look to it. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far away from Jean Jones, we had mentioned briefly, I do like that he is sticking to his... Uh, path of peace and I I liked seeing Kara be hurt by the fact that he would not join with her in the battle. It felt like she had just not really thought this thing through um, (laughs) about how how his choice was going to affect her Um, but she seemed to come around to it by the end. I mean she wasn't really listening to him but I, I have a feeling that this season She's not going to be able to punch her way out of everything. I hope like, you're right. I'd really like to see her evolve along those lines. Well, we know she's going to have to punch some people into the <laughs> ground, but I'm I'm kind of hoping that the final battle is not fought with their fists, but fought with words. Right. Yes, I also really appreciated in the last... Well, when, when she... Uh, goes to John for help after she heard all the hateful messages in that she specifically says that she's scared because these aren't villains that she knows how to fight, that these are the people that, that she saves. And so I, I, I agree with what Brianna said in that, you know, it's made very clear that she can't just punch these people, right? Because, you know, she she would, in other circumstances, be saving them. And so I think, I, and I hope, um, as you all are, that this is setting up a... Uh, more either intellectual or not the kind of villain that, you know, you, again, defeat in a simple fist fight. Yeah, I also feel like her trying to punch this problem away is only going to make it so much worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen now that you've said that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to have her try to punch a hate group leader and realize that she was being manipulated and that there was a camera on her or yeah, something. Yeah, or right. like, it's actually a soccer mom with three kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, I really hope that doesn't happen. That would be terrible. Well, I think it's, I, you know, I want them to explore more complicated problems. Um, You know, has been one of my issues since the beginning 
that, you know, there are baddies that, ha- that have like a, I just want to let the world burn sort of uh, mentality or I want to mm-hmm. let aliens burn. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I really like that this is more complicated than that. And actually the villains this week were much cleverer than I think they often are. So I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bad guys won this episode. Yeah. They added to the world that the president of the United States is an alien. Right. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Um, are, is is there going to be an impeachment uh, this season? Um, are they going to say lock her up oh and demand her birth certificate? Um, yeah, <laughs> that certainly seems possible. Seem, seeing some of the other pointed commentary we've heard on show the past season of lines being repeated. Yeah, and, you know, so will there be some uh, senator characters who, you know, will there be, like, you know, a sentinel program except for aliens? Uh, Is that going to by- come back? Could be, could be. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see how that evolves, um, you know, and I feel like they're going to have to take it seriously and not just, you know, forget about it for six episodes. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, it feels like, you know, they they made that happen and now they're going to have to address it for a few episodes and like, at least even if it's not the main focus of the next few episodes it needs to be mentioned it needs to be going mm-hmm. on in the background mm-hmm. and not just like a vague hint in the background just like to be president don't you have to be born in the united states you do yes yes, yes. you do so that could be a problem because yeah. pretty sure she wasn't I can't remember. I mean, I know there are some aliens on Earth who were born on Earth, um, but I don't know if President Linda Carter alien <laughs> is one of them. There there were some mentions when she was sort of talking about like what happened to her home planet and like mm. and season before last. I don't know how I still remember this, but season before last she mentioned something about like what happened to her home planet. And it sounded like she might have witnessed it, but there's also, you could argue, her parents told her about it, because I don't remember all of it. Well, kudos for remembering that much. (laughs) Yeah, I remember the randomest things. (laughs) Like, the fact that we finally got confirmation. Kara finally told her cousin about Ergo. (laughs) That's right, so now he's off uh, visiting his people I'm much happier with these one-liners about, you know, why Superman isn't around than, you know, the episodes where there just seems to be amnesia about uh, the other superhero. You mean like last season? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. That was actually in my notes when they said that line about Superman not being in town because he was in Argo City. Uh, I wrote down... Wait, where was Superman last season? Because I don't think they ever mentioned where he was. The one time they mentioned him last season that I remember was in the finale, or maybe it was the penultimate episode, where they said, you know, oh, Superman is on the uh, in Mongolia or something because that's where the tunnel was going to come out where they were boring through the planet. Oh. So he was saving people on the other side. Where was he the rest of the time? <sighs> um. <laughs> Can we all agree Superman's in this show is about as useless as they're trying to make Brainy feel? 
Oh yeah, speaking of Brainy, that was an interesting subplot. Um, I don't mind him being inept with social cues, uh, even to the point of not realizing that warning Alex ahead of time of the president vi visiting meant more than two seconds ahead of her visit. <laughs> what bothers me is when he, you know, last season when he didn't understand what social media was and th things like that. Right. Um, but yeah. anyway, I did like... Um, the point that we eventually uh, were, you know, shown that part of Alex's problem with Brainy has been that, you know, Wynn was pretty much a good dog for <laughs> Alex. He, he, he sometimes <laughs> exceeded his orders, but uh, he basically did what was expected and... Um, Brainy is used to being more of an independent operator, and Alex has been having a very hard time dealing with that. Granted, she is uh, the boss of DEO now, but uh, this seems to imply that Brainy, she's trying to treat him as just another DEO underling, and that was never going to work, and that was bad mm -hmm. on Alex's part to try to make it work that way. It felt like well, at least to me, like, they were laying on, like, a little thick, but they did get the point across, and they did have that sort of touching scene where they both apologized, and she realized that he is missing people, too. Right. It did surprise me a little bit, though, when she told him that, you know, she gets to tell him, you know, not only how high to jump, but when to breathe. Does Brainy breathe? I thought he was, uh, an android? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe he has an exhaust of some kind? <laughs> I, I would love to see that in an episode. He just, like, opens his mouth, this, like, cloud, like plume of smoke comes out. He's like, oh, sorry. I got a little overheated. <laughs> yeah, also, later on, when uh, we when the scene with where we see Brainy in Wynn cosplay, and um, <laughs> and Brainy says the sweater is restrictively tight, that does not sound like any sweater. Sweaters are meant to be loose, I think. I don't know what kind of sweaters Wynn is buying, but they're not supposed to be also, tight. Also, Brainy wears kind of like a skin-tight suit, doesn't he? Like a space suit? <laughs> Well, yes. I think the spacesuits may be made to be more flexible than a sweater. Uh, speaking of skin-tight uniforms, though, Alex is also <laughs> uh, wearing her uniform pretty well. Um, oh, and I, I like her, her new do. That's very... Yes. Um, I yes. love that. Loved her haircut, yes. Yeah, it's short, shorter and sharper looking, and she looks like a boss. It's a nice upgrade from last season. And I like the little hint of red in it, too. I, I was actually surprised there wasn't any sort of mention about her, you know, wanting to adopt a kid in that episode. They mentioned her dating, and that she's been on dates, I'm really happy for her, but I guess they'll get back to the adoption thing later. I totally right. forgot about that plot line. Well, <laughs> she does have a new job to assimilate, although, you know, she had every intention of having of adopting a child eventually or or maybe you know 
I don't know. Maybe she's still hoping that she can find a partner that she can raise a child with, which would certainly be easier than trying to raise a child on one's own. Yeah, but is it easier to raise a child or easier to find a woman that'd be interested in Alex that can handle her job? Well, she could find another superhero like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage do (laughs) in the comics. But Supergirl is on the CW, which means that there will be more relationships. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So Supergirl no longer, I mean, the ending with Mon-El was pretty final. So I think we are, uh, I'm glad that she's not going through yet another mourning period over Mon-El. But yeah, I think there's certainly a chance that we'll see a romance for her this season. Although she's going to be very... Very busy with the, uh, you know, the whole alien issue, and also, uh, as we saw in the last few moments of the show, um, eventually we're going to see Red Supergirl, and they'll have some kind of interaction, maybe, probably a long-running battle or campaign against each other. I still can't figure out what exactly Red Supergirl was doing, just kind of (laughs) casually punching a Tunnel? <laughs> yeah, you know, like you do. <laughs> it, I I think probably she's still testing her powers um, or demonstrating them to the Soviet, author- I'm sorry, not Soviet, the Russian authorities. Yeah, tunnel punching doesn't seem the optimal use of her skills, but maybe... I feel like she should be more effective at it, too. <laughs> um, well, my thought was that I hope they're reinforcing that tunnel as they punch it, because otherwise it's just going to collapse all around them. (laughs) That could save us from future problems. It would be faster to use her eyes, right? You'd think? I would think so. Maybe it is such a secret tunnel that they can't bring equipment down into it to to make it, and that's why they need red, red Supergirl. She's basically creating minor earthquakes, though. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I guess they had to find some way to remind us that she's still around and she's going to be an issue in this season, even if they didn't give her more than five seconds or whatever it was. Something that was really nice to see this episode is Kara as Kara Danvers. Like, we've confirmed she does still work at CatCo. <laughs> That's right. I love seeing her as a journalist because I somewhat recently got a job as a managing editor for a publication. So I'm like, I identify with that. And you're being a good journalist and actually doing your job. Yeah, and being a mentor. I love yes. that so much. Um, It was, I had not realized it myself, but I was very amused when uh, James pointed out to Kara that she was taking on some of the mannerisms of Cat Dealey. Yeah. I mean, sorry, not Cat Dealey. Cat <laughs> <Kat> Grant. <laughs> Different show. Um <laughs> I loved her reaction when okay, I don't I feel terrible. What's her what what what's her new like mentee's name? Her mini me? Nia? Leah. Mia. I thought. Leah? Mia? Mia N I Leah? Oh Nia, okay. All right. I just loved the look on Kara's face when she realized, oh my gosh, you're me. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Because I wouldn't be surprised if that was Bar 
from like the first episode or something in a way. Ah, uh, yes, because Kara mistakenly used Cat Grant's private elevator that only Cat Grant has access <laughs> oh, to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a huge waste of energy. <laughs> yeah, but that works out because now James could hide his guardian stuff in there. <laughs> Except he's no longer allowed to be guardian. I don't. Did, did Lena think that through? Or did she not realize that the person was going to pull that? From the expression on her face, she hadn't thought it through. She seemed surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised Delina Luther did not think that through. I just think but that... But then she was... Like, you know, I just don't think it was, you know, her priority. Yes, yes. Uh, protecting people for their own good, as we saw just last season. And lying to them. <laughs> to right. Them. You know, we, we saw that pretty thoroughly last season, that it's a bad idea, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> they never Lena doesn't seem to have learned that lesson. <laughs> but did she actually lie to him? Well, she certainly withheld information. Yeah. But she never lied to him. No, she just let him believe what he wanted to well, believe. Well, she, she lied True. by omission when he said, you know, thanks for letting me handle this on her own. And she's like, hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, she didn't say, well, I talked to the prosecutor, actually. <laughs> so uh, I, I certainly think if she didn't outright lie, James will still feel like she misled him. When, when he eventually finds out, as he certainly will, because things always come back to haunt you. And <laughs> On this drama. show, at least. Yes. Yeah, I just hope this doesn't become a season-long conflict between them, because while, yes, I, I can understand if James eventually resents Lena for going behind his back, but I hope that they can communicate, unlike... Uh, all other CW show characters, they can communicate and realize what the intention was and then he can get uh, around it, but probably not. Well, they do seem to have been treating the James and Lena relationship as a bit more mature, adult, thoughtful relationship than some of the other relationships we've seen on the show. Yeah, because they've been pretty good about being open and honest with each other. So I feel like whenever it does come out, it'll be awkward. There'll be some very awkward conversations. But I feel like and I really hope that they're able to work through this. Yes, I hope so too. Because I really like Lena's character and I would really hate for her to have less screen time or something. And actually, I kind of... Uh, between this and uh, Lena now... Uh, developing and selling the image inducer and her relationship with her mother, I kind of feel like Lena is a more interesting lead character than Kara at times. And I would kind of watch a show with Lena where Kara just shows up every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> She's also doing super secret research stuff with the Harunel. Oh, right, right. Which, that was like indirectly mentioned, but still... I feel like that'll come into play later on, too. Oh, it has to. Just like Lena, as we think, knowing <laughs> knowing Supergirl's secret identity just has to come up this season. I'm going to be really disappointed if it isn't addressed this season and they they keep it, keep dragging it out this whole season like they did last season without a resolution. Yeah, I, I definitely... 
lost the lottery on, on that one because I was sure that that was going to be a plot point last <laughs> season and it just wasn't. But it has to be this season, right? There has to be a big reveal, fallout. I'm hoping we'll see the reveal before the mid-season break and then, you know, we'll see that dealt with next, you know, in the spring. But who knows, you know. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see it, but that doesn't mean it'll happen. Part of me hopes that, like, when Carter reveals it, she's like, duh, I always knew. I was just waiting for you to finally tell me. And, by the way, while we're on the subject, and then just go off on her. <laughs> and then they're able to sort of talk through it. I don't want them to, if, if it happens, I don't want them to resolve it immediately. Because that, that's trust that needs to be rebuilt. Oh, yeah, but that would I, feel really false if if they just hugged it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a big problem when that happens. Mm -hmm. But I do want them to, like, eventually get to a point where they can be friends to an extent. Maybe not, like, as good of friends as they were, but where they stand together against whatever the end battle is going to be which please don't let it be a fist fight <laughs> yeah I, well i don't i don't know with red supergirl as what i assume will be the season villain that certainly seems likely to end in a fist fight well for that plot line yeah that's gonna end in a fist fight but for the angry racist people who are looking up how to kill the alien their kids goes to school with right yeah that was disturbing. that just oh that it made was me all disturbing sick. but yeah yeah because if it's an alien their kid goes to school with that alien is probably a kid too so yes definitely some disturbing real life stuff in the show as well as the comic book and relationship stuff but um that's part of why I like Supergirl, because, you know, they, they get to address some pretty interesting issues and important issues on this show uh, that I don't see in a lot of other places on network TV shows. Yeah. I I look forward to seeing the sector of human, like the part of humanity, like the people who stand up. And stand with the aliens. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like they could do really cool things with that on this show. Yeah, that could be powerful if they if they handle it right. Yes, they just have to walk that very kind of uh, difficult line sometimes between making this um, an ongoing social commentary kind of like the X-Men are and not making it a very special episode. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right. No, it needs to be woven through the system. Uh, sorry, through the season. I would actually be okay if they don't solve it completely by the end of the season. Like, I'd be okay if there's still, like, some lingering things that haven't quite been taken care of right yes i agree it would be actually kind of disingenuous and intellectually ring hollow if they managed to wrap up the all of the hate and all of the resentment in the course of one season sure. right uh one thing that occurs to me is that um since last season the jean decided to 
take the DEO to non-lethal weapons, will we see the DEO using any of these new non-lethal things for crowd control uh, in alien and anti-alien demonstrations? <laughs> That's a good question. That'd be really cool to see, especially if you can see Wynn's shield belt buckle thingy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it would be nice. I always like it when, you know, past parts of the show come to matter in newer parts of the show, you know, so instead of them just forgetting that plot point, to have it matter in the future. Like like Chekhov's gun, where if there's a gun <laughs> on the wall in Act 1, it needs to be fired in Act 2. Chekhov's stun gun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Trish, that's a really good point, actually. Now you've maybe realized that what if when John Jones makes the DEO a pacifist organization and, you know, he invites every, he asks people who aren't on board with that philosophy to leave, what if there's a significant group of DEO agents who are into it for the law enforcement kill bad guy aspect of it and they're now part of the hate groups and are now using their former DEO knowledge uh, oh to feed. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that would be terrible. That'd be so great. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it would be horrible, but yes, it would be a kind of a nice touch to bring this full circle to see how a decision that John made, a sincere decision that he made in the last season can have ramifications beyond what he predicted. I would really like to see something like that play out. If they do that, he's he's there's got to be a standoff where he has to like talk them down or something, or try to. Yeah, but will they listen to him? Because they, you know, they know that he is also an alien, right? And so it, they they might, uh, if if they're really uh, entrenched in the hate group philosophy, they might disregard anything he says just because of that. I don't know. That'll be an interesting conflict to see play out. Does the whole DEO know, or was it just a few, a select few? I don't remember when they all found out, but I'm pretty sure they all knew. Yeah, he pretty okay. regularly turned into his alien form for missions, I think. All right, so are there any other points that people wanted to discuss about the episode? I have a couple of minor things. At the very last scene, before we see the Russian Supergirl doppelganger, we see the train that Supergirl saved. Do they just leave that thing hanging there once she's saved all the people? Do they just leave things around? Like, you know, is, is she, like, causing a pile-up of garbage every time she saves something? The wheels were frozen. So they yeah, might have but... had to wait for that to get to thaw before they were able to pull the train back? Yeah, but... Then I don't know. Then could Supergirl also lift the train up once she's done saving it? I think that just might have been a visual thing of oh, remember this? You remember where this is? Well, guess where Red Supergirl is, right underneath. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I guess this is reminding me of the, um, of the idea. I think it was maybe uh, Lisa brought this up in the flashcast of like the idea of needing a superhero cleanup crew to clean up the messes that people yeah. make <laughs> by saving the world. Yes. I, I wouldn't mind a sideshow about those people. Imagine all of the uh, truck destruction that the people who follow Arrow have to deal with. Like there's a truck that blows up every single week. Think how high the insurance rates must be. 
Think how much money the people making those trucks are making, because people just keep <laughs> buying the exact same truck. Maybe Arrow is paid off by a big truck. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed seeing real Eleanor from The Good Place in this episode. Yes. Oh, I missed that. I, still oh, I hope she's not show. dead. She might be dead. I hope she's not dead. I like her. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know why they would kidnap her, take her back to their lair, and then stab her to kill her. I don't. So I feel like she must have more to do. Also, the other sort of famous guest star, I forget his name, but he used to be on ER uh, back when Kyler Lee was on ER. And so she, that was the bad guy, the, the, the man in the duo. Um, the one that, she, the yeah, brother. yeah, the brother, the one that Kyler right, Lee turned, turned from and said, I hate that guy. They used <laughs> to work together on ER. I mean, I'm sorry, not ER, uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. I just, I can't wait to figure out who the random dude in the creepy looking suit is. Have we, have we figured that out yet? Or did I just miss it? Uh, no. I mean, I actually didn't realize it was a guy in a suit. I thought, like, the statue was talking to them or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, it's like a guy. Agent Liberty is a comic book character. Ah. I'm pretty sure so- I saw a move. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. the, the the comic book character's name is Agent Liberty. Yeah, All he right. does look like a, he does kind of look like a statue, though. Yeah, it's the it's the steel mask that he's wearing, I'm guessing. I actually have not read any comics about him, but I don't know that that, that is a character. Okay. It'll be interesting. That's a terrifying name, so, sure. yeah. <laughs> what if we get a showdown between him and Guardian? Well, you just know Guardian is going to have to break the prohibition against coming out as Guardian. I mean, as uh, acting as Guardian. He, he's not go- just going to quietly retire. Although any normal person would have his energies fully focused uh, handling a uh, multinational media conglomerate. <laughs> but, oh well. Speaking of which, why is he, as the CEO, going to a press conference in person? curiosity he he really likes to be hands-on yeah you know i i I, i'm assuming all this time that catco must be a private company because the shareholders would surely have voted him out if it were you know a publicly exchanged company well we should be wrapping this up um any final thoughts from anybody this season's gonna be great (laughs) There are a lot of really interesting things that looks looks like they're going to be happening or being uh, evolving this season. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the this episode was like very tight plot wise. Um, the character beats felt, you know, right to me, well calibrated. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting topics were brought up. I think it was a good mm-hmm. first episode of a season. Right. Yes, I agree. I'm excited uh, to to watch the rest of it to see where they take this from now on. Great. Well, if uh, if listeners want to continue the conversation, we have a Twitter at SG Supercast. We are most of us are on the Slack Incomparable channel, and we'd love to hear what other people think about the show. I would like to thank our listeners. I'd like to thank our wonderful audio editor. 
uh, editors, actually. It's going to be a team effort uh, this season. And uh, I'd like to thank all my co-hosts today. Thank you. <laughs> Always happy to be here. It's good to be back. Thank you. This was fun. Okay. Uh, so we'll all be talking to you at some point later in this season. And uh, thanks again and enjoy. Enjoy.